1: full-service financial planning service company welcome to the veronica edwards show where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm excited to be back another week here on Biz Radio Asheville. As always, I wanna thank Matt Matan, everyone on Biz Radio Asheville, as well as all the listeners. I'm officially one years old. I'll be saying that for the next few shows. So I'm feeling like an upperclassman now. So thank you guys for sticking in there with me and downloading the show. So today is our monthly CPA chat segment. With my fellow CPA and friend, Michelle Tross, owner of Michelle Tross CPA, CFE, PLLC. And you can find her at MichelleTrossCPA.com. So, Michelle, welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so excited with just another CPA chat. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't believe we're already in April on this little air. So, I'm like, man, I just feel like. The first half of the year always flies by and um, I just appreciate you sticking in there with me with this CPHX. I've gotten a lot of great feedback and we've been hitting a lot of good topics and we're actually going to piggyback off of the segment that we had in March where we were talking about business structures and just for a quick recap, a business structure is a legal representation of the organization of a company so this is just defining who owns it, how profits are distributed who's um, taking care of day to day operations, how your taxes are paid, blah, blah, blah. So we really focused in on sole proprietorship, partnership, C Corp and S corporations and limited liability companies. And due to the time that we had just being a 20 minute show, we really just scratched the surface of pros and cons, but we really wanted to dig deeper today with the limited liability companies. Most people know them as LLCs. So Michelle, I just wanna jump right in and if you can just kinda start us off with limited liability companies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that, and and you're right. It's it's it was funny how like okay, twenty minutes. We're going to cover these you know, <laughs> basic entities, and we should have really thought through the fact that there's so much. There's uh-huh. so much to talk about. There's so much to explain. There's there's so many options, and like you said, there's truly pros and cons to each one. And so uh-huh. again, just to reemphasize. You know, we are going to talk about all of them. And today we're going to talk about limited liability companies. But I encourage every one of the listeners to really make sure they've looked at each of the different structures. What is most advantageous to them personally, as well Mm -hmm. as their business and professionally and consult with their tax. Prepare as well as an attorney um, and and multiple people. Just ask, you know, ask around, get some feedback, get some input. It's it's really important, um, and certainly something from the IRS's perspective. You know, you you always can, you always have the option to change to make changes with the IRS, although they don't yes. really love it when you make changes too frequently. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can mm-hmm. say, okay, this year I'm gonna be an S Corp. Next year I think I'll be a partnership. And then next right. year I think I'll be a C Corp. Like that doesn't
1: fly. <laughs> right. But that's a great point that you add that um, just because you start off as a sole proprietorship doesn't mean you have to stay that way. Or you start off as a limited liability company taxed as a sole proprietor. And then you might want to switch to an S-Corp so you can um, take the benefits of payroll that we'll be talking about today. So, yeah, let's jump in. And the reason why we're also... Choosing to talk about limited liability companies is because we've really seen um, how popular that this structure has been because it is a hybrid of all the structures that we talked about. So you get the most bang for your buck when you pick this. So we definitely um, recommend it for a lot of our clients. But like Michelle said, it's really your call on how your business is, is how you want your business to run and definitely talking with an attorney or another CPA.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um LLCs is so popular because it's so super easy, right? Yes. It's so easy to set up. Um, and because of that hybrid structure, which is so fantastic, it's hybrid in the sense of like it's like a corporation in that uh-huh. it separates you from your business, which is different from a sole proprietorship. Um, but it's not like a corporation in that the profits and losses flow back through to the individual. So so it's it, it uh-huh. has this whole kind of wackadoo hybrid okay, structure okay. thing. Um, but, well, you know, before you even start your biz- your business, and particularly LLC, I think it is really important you think about your name, and the name of your business is really important. And you might want to check um, the registered trademark websites from, um, you know, that you can do online and make sure mm-hmm. that it's unique, make sure you're not stepping on any toes yep. um, uh, by, you know, invading on anyone's trademarks or patents or anything like that. And also just think about your, you know, when you fill out the LLC paperwork, at least in the state of North Carolina, to become an LLC, you fill out the paperwork, you want to identify a registered agent. And I get a lot of questions about this, you know, Mm -hmm. well, you know, can people ask me, can I pay you to be my registered agent? I don't know about you, Veronica, but I always tell folks like I don't you don't need to pay me like don't Mm -hmm. pay me to be your registered agent. It is truly, by definition, the person or entity that's going to really receive official mail on the behalf of the business. And Mm -hmm. so, frankly, you know, for for my business, for example, I'm my own registered agent. That registered mail can come to me and I will be the official representative to take that official mail. Um, And so you can also be your own registered agent Mm -hmm. as long as you're, you know, at the facility, whatever your address is. Um, At least most of the time. And so that's that's an important concept. Also, I think, you know, also when you think about, you know, preparing your LLC and getting it set up, you want to make sure you fill out the articles of organization that's going to be with the secretary of state. And again, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, The secretary of state's going to obviously charge you a fee, et cetera, as many other states probably will as as well. But, you know, the articles of organization are important. It sort of identifies that name thing again. Right. So making sure you've got that name situation taken care of the address, all the sort of pertinent facts and details of your business. And then there's a few other documents, especially when you're thinking about forming an LLC with more than one person. So if it's more than a single member LLC, you might wanna also consider putting together an operating agreement. And these uh-huh. are really important documents to have. It's not something that has to be filed with the Secretary of State's office, but that operating agreement is going to be sort of your Bible, if you will. It's going to dictate and lay out the groundwork of how that organization is going to run, who's going to be doing what parts or tasks, how the revenues and or losses are going to be distributed, how often you're going to meet and meet for what purposes. And then really important it should lay the foundation for how will the business dissolve or what will Mm. cause it to dissolve. So, you know, it's really just an important document to think about and have in place for sure.
1: No, Michelle, those were all great things. And I think sometimes folks get overwhelmed and feel like, well, I don't know how to do, you know, the articles of organization, like you said, you could do all this online. It's very straightforward. I'm of the generation now where it's like you can google it you can go on youtube there's so many great videos that even yeah. show you step by step how to do all this and just like michelle said do not pay anybody to be your registered agent unless you physically are like out of the country out of the state somewhere where you cannot receive mail right in the state um but there's no need to actually hire a professional for that but all great things you know i think in the past people felt like Oh, I need to hire a lawyer or I know people that spend thousands of dollars to get their LLC set up. And I'm like, it takes like less than 30 minutes online. So please do your research ahead of time before you pay a professional who I hate to say might be taking advantage of you if they're charging you a significant amount of money. Now, I get it for nonprofits because there is a lot more paperwork that you have to fill um, when you're setting up your um, nonprofit. But for mm-hmm. for profits, Michelle, from what I've seen, it's very straightforward.
0: Yeah. And I think I think you raise a really good point in um, I think an attorney is super beneficial and I would always encourage speaking to an attorney and using an attorney. Um, and I think where they're most helpful, too, is in things where there's more than one person. So uh-huh. with partnerships or multi-member LLCs, you know, getting that documentation in place, making sure you've got those agreements, you know, documented by an attorney. An attorney can really help out with that. Um, yes, you're correct. The for-profit world, it's much easier. Not-for-profits by default, by the way, will be a corporation. So there's a few more bits yes. and pieces that are involved there. But you're right. If it's just one person, an individual, a single member LLC, it is pretty straightforward to to put together. Where I really just sort of go, ugh, <laughs> is when people tell me they use, like, LegalZoom. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they pay LegalZoom all this money to to put all this paperwork together and be their registered agent, and they pay them ongoing. And I'm thinking, ah, yes. don't do that.
1: <laughs> yes, you're right. I do have a friend that when I was helping her reconcile her books, I saw all these charges of LegalZoom, and I'm like, what is this for? And she said, setting up my LLC. And I was like, what? <laughs> so you're right. Um, a lot of times people are are ignorant. And I say that not to say that they're not smart. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, another reason why we have this segment monthly is that we hope and even if we can uh, affect one person, that will affect others because they can spread the word. So. That's right that's great, um, Michelle, on how to set up an LLC. Next, what I wanted to talk about is, well, what are some of the biggest benefits of being a limited liability company? And just in the word itself, it's a limited liability. You know, you're separate, like you said, you're an independent entity. So you are not personally responsible for any debts or lawsuits that are filed against the company. And I know that we can sometimes feel like, well, I'm not going to do business with anybody that will sue me, but you just never know. Never,
0: (laughs) ever. No, and we live in a very litigious country. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's really sort of lawsuit happy.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, another huge benefit of a limited liability company is that pass-through taxation that we were talking about. Rather than paying corporate taxes, the company's income and expenses pass directly to the owner's personal return. So, an LLC is taxed as a sole proprietorship, uh, S corp, or a partnership. Those are your options, and most folks now i've seen michelle and you can tell me if you're seeing it for your clients they're wanting to opt to be taxed as an s corp so they can take that advantage of getting payroll as an owner because as a sole proprietorship or as a partnership you're not considered an employee. You have to take an owner's draw that you're taking out that's tax-free and then fingers and legs crossed, you're hoping, well, if I don't have income, I don't have to pay any taxes. But then if you're in business, you do want to have income. And if you're still a sole proprietorship or partnership, you're going to be taxed at that 15.3% self-employment tax as well as your income tax for your, your bracket personally.
0: Right, right. I mean, you know, uh, first, let me just say, right, you mentioned it, the limited liability company, it's a company, we talked about it, it's a hybrid. So mm-hmm. it's not a corporation. And I think that's an important fact for people to understand, because I get that a lot. People are confused. Oh, but I'm I'm already a corporation. I'm a limit, I'm an LLC. So, well, <laughs> but that's not necessarily true. But you're correct. Yes. I do see a lot of LLCs converting to S-corps. Um, and, and for me, even in my own firm, I did that right. I'm a single member LLC being taxed as an S corporation, and I did that for one of the main reasons for which was that payroll situation. Uh-huh. I'm the type of person that I just don't like to pay these additional taxes at tax time, or okay. even have to contemplate doing um, estimates on a quarterly basis because of the uh, self employment taxes. Um, and I also am that type of person. I just don't. I don't like to take draws out of the business arbitrarily I felt like every mm-hmm. you know every month I was sitting down to pay my personal bills I was like okay well how much do I need to pay my bills because right this business is my income so I would mm-hmm. sit down like, how much do I need and then figure out how much I have to transfer and that drove me crazy because I I prefer the bi-weekly I get x and that's sort of like my budget you know like mm-hmm. I know this is what I'm my payroll is and that's what I'm going to pay my bills with by the same token the S Corp, you can, as the owner, then be on that payroll. And it was nice to have that taxes already pre-taken out of my net pay, yes. um, out of my gross pay, I should say, giving me net pay. Um, and that that was just easier for me. For other people, that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. But that is a benefit of choosing to become, and I'll say benefit for now. You never know when the tax laws will change. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is, in my opinion, Um Benefit of, of forming your single member or um, you know even a partnership LLC, multi member LLC into an S corp so that the owners can be put onto the payroll, mm-hmm. and it's pretty straightforward to to convert that. So so the IRS gives you 75 days once you form your LLC, you have 75 days to make that election to be taxed as something other than by default, a single mm-hmm. member LLC would be taxed as a sole proprietorship. Or a multi-member LLC would be taxed as a partnership. So right. you have that 75 days to decide to be uh, to elect to be taxed as something else. If you miss that window, and again, that 75 days, I guess I should say is just you just decide. and You mm-hmm. don't have to justify your decision. But if you miss that window, you can still ask permission
1: mm-hmm.
0: from yes. the IRS to be taxed as something other than that default. Again, that single-member LLC is the sole proprietorship or the multi-member LLC is the partnership. And 99% of the time, the IRS will will bless your request.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
0: but it's one of those things where you have to fill out the form, mm-hmm. have to state why and ask for permission, basically. Mm-hmm. So so that can be done. And it's, it's a form 2553. You can file, say, OK, yep, thanks. I want to be taxed as this S-Corp. And once you get that status back, you get that notification. OK, now you're officially an S-Corporation. You should then consider if that was your objective was to have be on your own payroll. If you already don't have payroll set up, for your employees, you should go ahead and think about getting those registrations with the taxing authorities and and start the payroll process.
1: Yeah. And you know, Michelle, this is another area where I've heard people spend a lot of money to have people set this up for them. And I'm like, it's a two page form, you know, (laughs) like, but I get that sometimes forms are overwhelming, you know, like people just get confused. But again, I've found so many tutorials on YouTube, I've talked to other tax CPAs and they've given me examples of folks because I've even like, I just want to make sure I'm not missing any boxes or anything. And it's very simple. And to your point with the late election, every time I've known for people to do a late election, literally the explanation was, oh, I I didn't realize I was supposed to do it. Oh, I thought my tax accountant did it. They've always have been granted um, Mm -hmm. that election. So I've never seen a case where the IRS has said no in the years that I've had clients that have switched, but it is ideal to do it right when you're getting started. But Hey, if you've been in business for a while and you decide you do want to switch, you can elect for that. It's not too late.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think again, the point is you're right. It's, it's not too late and it can be done, Um, But just get that advice. Just talk about it. Think about Mm -hmm. it. Make sure it's the right decision, because, while you know, again, once we once we make this transition, it does it changes things Mm -hmm. because if you're it changes that taxation. If you're um, a single member LLC as a sole proprietor now, it's just different. You just want to make sure that you understand the consequences and get just get good advice from the people around you, from your tax preparer and think it through um, again, just to, just to note, you know, the IRS just does not like you to change your mind a lot.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And another area in this with switching to payroll, I think people think in the traditional sense when they worked for a corporation that they had a set salary when it's your business. You could decide you don't want to get paid one month. Right. You could decide that you want to change your payroll. It's just required when you are taxed to S Corp to take at least one payroll mm-hmm. throughout the year. It has to be a reasonable payroll but you do need to take a reasonable payroll. So I've told people in the beginning, when they're just trying to figure it out, start off with a lower amount, you can still right. take a draw, you know, and that's another thing too, you can have a yeah. payroll and you can have the draw. It's just that you want to ensure that you're paying some form of payroll taxes to offset that hit that you would have from just taking out the draw. So you have a lot of flexibility. Again, this is a hybrid. So that's the perks of being able to have this election is that you can decide what you want your payroll to be. And I, I know folks that they change it every month. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Excellent point. So another thing I want to talk about is the members, owners that could be a part of an LLC. So an LLC can have an unlimited number of members, unlike a S corporation, which is limited to a hundred shareholders. So this is another reason why some folks are like, okay, well, this is the reason why I just don't wanna be a flat out S corp. I still wanna be an LLC taxed as an S corp because I can have unlimited members.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an excellent point because just just know what the rules are and what the limitations are. I have yet really in, in my client base and, and folks that I work with to see anybody sort of bump up that to that limit, but right. still know what know what those rules are, what those limitations can be.
1: Yeah. So, Michelle, tell us a little bit about, you know, the lifespan of an LLC. We've talked about setting it up. We talked about the benefits. How does this Dissolve, you know, or right. if new people come in, what? How does that look?
0: Right, you know, and I think that that's such an important concept. It's just so much like our culture. We don't we we go day by day mm-hmm. through life, and we don't think about the end of life. It's just not something we are taught in this culture of this country to kind of think about and plan for necessarily. Yep. And so, same thing with our business. It's just super important to think about not just starting the business, but how does the business end? Mm-hmm. And so know what those options are. And again, in, in the multi-member LLC, having that operating agreement dictate. If something happens to one of us, if say it's you and I, Veronica, and we mm-hmm. put together um, you know, a multi-member, because multi being more than one. Yes. So multi-member, you and I get put together a multi-member LLC. We want to talk about and document exactly how we're going to end this. If something happens to me and mm-hmm. I can no longer fulfill my duties of partner or same thing for you, what do we do and how do we actually move on from here. And Mm -hmm. so just having that agreement in place is super important. And I would even say it could be really helpful for family members, even if you're a single member LLC, if you also had a lot of things in your own business documented, what is it going to look like if I'm not here? Right. Who, who's going to take over? What should you do? And where does the business go? So it's really about documentation in most cases and, and in most states, too. So if you're not in the state of North Carolina, like Veronica and I are in, just make sure you look at the information for your particular state about what it what it means to
1: form and dissolve your LLC. Great point. So, Michelle, I think we scratched the surface a little bit more. We're to the (laughs) end of the show. (laughs) So, we were able to dig a little deeper because I do see that more and more I'm finding folks are either sole proprietors or limited liability. So, hopefully, um, this was able to add more value. And I think because we did start to talk about payroll, that might be one of the next topics that we talk about next month because I know. That um, you get a lot of questions on payroll. I think people just assume we're accountants, we know everything. <laughs> <laughs> payroll. <But laughs> I know, and we do like payroll. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Michelle, for coming on and doing another CPA chat with me.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with a fellow CPA. And of course, as you said, share our information, and our knowledge with the listeners, because these are really important topics and really important things, I think, for, for people to know and understand.
1: Absolutely. So I just want to thank the listeners for tuning in and please come back next week, same time, same place, 4:30 p.m. on Fridays on Biz Radio Asheville. And you can stay connected to all things Biz Radio Asheville by going to our site, bizradioashville.com.
0: Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.